Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the miniatures gaming podcast. So you remember the advertisement from the 90s with the Kool-Aid man? Where just like an every oh, ad yeah. just bursts through the wall? Yeah, and then, oh yeah. Like, do we even get commercials like that that everybody sees anymore and so that everybody knows, like, this character? No, man. They're all, like, specifically tailored to you and they're on facebook or whatever or or youtube mm-hmm. and then you basically everyone just has an ad blocker so they don't watch them yeah like so we don't even have like these common characters being created for us anymore it's oh yeah it's like popsicle sad. pete yeah but, like the advertisers aren't creating these people for us anymore or, like the pete yeah or the, the geico gecko the geico gecko or the yeah yeah the I green think giant the for only, the peas like literally the only commercials people now watch are the Super Bowl commercials. Nobody watches any of the other commercials. Like literally I know people who watch the Super Bowl commercials. They tune in for the commercials, mm-hmm. not for the actual game because they don't give a crap about American football. Yeah, but to create these characters, though, you've got to put them in front of people for years and years on end. You don't just put one commercial out there. You put years of commercials with the Kool-Aid man to get it That's into people's minds. That's how it worked minds. before, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, That's not the catchphrase, well. by the way, for this episode. Uh-huh. So, anyways, closer to the topic at hand, though. Like, if you think about it, what is that Kool-Aid man, though? He's he's basically, like, some humanoid, like, animated... He's a mascot. Yeah. But he is very giant and big, for sure. He's giant. And he's... he... We know that he has super tough tempered glass mm-hmm. because he can bust through brick walls. Yeah. So that's just kind of scary now that I think about it. And then he makes you drink his insides. Uh huh. What a sick fuck. Yeah, it's a pretty warped, <laughs> deranged creature that he actually is when you think about it. And he destroys yeah. people's homes. Uh huh. He's <laughs> quite the monster. He said, drink, drink of my juice. Mm hmm. You don't even see what happens to the kids after. Who knows? Maybe they get mutated into little mini Kool-Aid men. Mm-hmm. He's like a he's like a Kool-Aid vampire. <laughs> he makes you drink a reverse vampire. You drink his stuff, and then you become a mini Kool-Aid man. And as you grow up, you bust through other 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 well other uh, walls. Mm-hmm. But we never got the end of the story because now we don't watch TV anymore. Now we're just oblivious to how how many people are Kool-Aid men. Mm-hmm. Who knows how large his army is at this point. Yeah. So does that bring us to our topic or not? I guess so. Uh, so he's he's kind of like, in that way, he's kind of a giant monster. And that is kind of, you know, I, I guess you'd say he's a modern or, or, or slightly, slightly in the past monster. Would you consider him like a, like, futuristic, modern, or like fantasy kind of previous monster like legendary monster i would consider him a modern monster because in our modern days we just sit around drinking sugar-filled water with all sorts Mm -hmm. of artificial ingredients so it's very modern yeah he has killed a lot of people yeah but actually he's not because Mm kool-aid is actually not that bad for you i don't even know if they add sugar in the kool-aid don't you have to add the sugar on top technically the kool-aid is just flavoring and and vitamins fortified vitamins He's actually mm. a good guy. Why did I call him a monster? Oh, it, it depends. We like, are like, the monsters. We're we're monsters like, that... I don't like your drink unless I add tons of sugar into it. He's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, our topic, though, is not related to Kool-Aid men and commercials, but in general, fantasy versus science fiction monsters. Mm-hmm. So, hard pivot. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, we'll, maybe things will go around full circle. Maybe they won't. But anyways, because we always talk about 40K, we might as well just start talking about 40K right as well. Like sure. when you compare like monsters from like sci-fi to fantasy, I thought you were like, gonna say when you compare both things that that uh, are really creepy and you kind of hate and haunt your your nightmares. I like creepy GW. I like creepy GW demons. Anyway, that's fair. So I'm fine with that. Their IP rules creepy. Anyhow. <laughs> Oh no! I had a nightmare. I was playing. I was forced to play ninth mm-hmm. edition. Um, anyways, the days but, it took days upon days. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but, going. When you think of like 40k, like oh yeah, that's just like fantasy ported into the future. Especially when you take mm-hmm. a look at Space Marines, you're like oh yeah, that's a knight in shining armor. But now he's a futuristic knight. But all of his armor is like rounded off like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Yeah. The important part is that he has a gun. Yep. They just put a gun on a knight. It's like, all right, your sci-fi or your <laughs> fantasy hero became your sci-fi hero. There you go. Yeah. Give him a gun. I'm not sure it's so so clear cut for like the ports for the rest of the monsters. I think mm-hmm. there's a there's a bit of a shift that those things do have. So mm-hmm. it, it might help to like go through some of the maybe the most common ones. And how they, like, they kind of break down to different categories for fantasy. Because we think of fantasy more often for monsters than we think of sci-fi. Because often sci-fi is very pe- people-based. Yeah. Well, is, what you're, is what you're drinking now as tasty as Kool-Aid? Um, no, it's a day-old beer. It hmm. did not, it did not uh, refrigerate as well as I'd hoped. So I, I've, I've had a couple of beers that, um, I don't know... I, I was able to put it in the fridge and they were fine. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe light beers. I have no idea, but that one was not one of them. Mm-hmm. It actually was quite good when I, I had it initially. It was just like too high percentage for me to drink all the way through because I'm old. Uh huh. Anyways, sorry, sorry for that distraction. Yeah. So, well, cat, in terms of categorizing beers, you, I think we want to like. I think for monsters, you more think of monsters in the fantasy settings, or at least as miniature gamers, we think of monsters more in that. And then sci-fi is often more just people-based, but like with technology interacting with people. So I think mm-hmm. it's easier to take a look at fantasy and like the categories that monsters fall in that, like okay. as the basis, and then see like how the sci-fi monsters might be reflections of those, or they might actually be something new, or like how they progressed from their fantasy okay. equivalent. I kind of want to start in a slightly different thing. Mm-hmm. In a general, like, when I think about it, a theoretical basis um, on what is a monster and what mm-hmm. defines a fantasy monster and what defines a future monster. It's not, it's not a bad so, thing. like, I, I would want to do, like, practical first, saying mm-hmm. what are the monsters that we consider future and, and past, yep. and where do they crop up? And then I'd want to go into saying what are the similarities, and then, uh, like, what are the similarities between, you know, you, like, like, like you were talking about the groupings of fantasy monster mm-hmm. versus the groupings of 
future monsters and then seeing, you know, where they come up to in the end. Mm-hmm. All right, and whether there's to... porting over. All right, do you want to start with some fantasy monsters then? Dragon. Dragon? All right. That's very... That is the classic fantasy monster. Yes, it is. At, at this point. I don't know mm-hmm. if it always was, but it is, as of now, a dragon is definitely the classic fantasy monster. Uh, everyone thinks about when you when you say, you know, a monster, dragon... You think of uh, D&D books, they've got a dragon on the cover. Yeah, it literally ain't in the name. Mm-hmm. Dungeons are more like... I don't consider them... They're monstrous, or, or monstrous things happen in them, but like they are not the monster. Yeah, but a dragon of, is definitely a monster. Yeah, you think Lord of the Rings, who's like the biggest, baddest monster in Lord of the Rings. Eh, maybe the Balrog's the baddest, you don't know, but you just you go to the dragon first. Like, Smog's the biggest, baddest monster in That's those... the Hobbit. Whatever, he's still around. <laughs> you know That's he's there. the thing. When you think about Lord of the Rings, there are no dragons. No. But when you think of Lord of the Rings... There is a dragon, it's Smog, who was not in Lord of the Rings. Yep. So, yeah, I guess he he is. Um, I don't know why, like, why that happened. And, and I guess Song of Ice and Fire, also dragon. Mm-hmm. Dragons, like, the main monster, although there is the Night King, right? But, like, why is the main monster, when you think of the past, the dragon? The, I guess the biggest, baddest kind of thing. Would you say dragon or vampire? Vampires are pretty big too. Yeah, because vampires, vampires like, you just want to have sex with. I don't think they're really as monstrous these days. Yeah, I think vampires. And their popularity should... is because nobody wants to have sex with a dragon. Or that's not true. Very few people want to have sex with a dragon, but a lot of people want to have sex with like Tom Cruise or uh, we're old. What's a new Robert Pattinson? <laughs> I don't know, I guess he was the sparkly vampire. Yeah, he was the sparkly vampire in I don't know Twilight. if people said... I don't know if people regard Wesley that way, but... <laughs> uh, still the sexier vampire. Yeah, definitely. So, he's got the moves. Um, so, I don't know. Like, they are technically monsters, but I feel like they're more reflections of humans. So maybe, maybe that is already... We're starting to dice up different fantasy like fantasy monsters about who they are and what 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 they could essentially are yeah things like vampires though appear in more cultures i think like just those things that drain your life force as a general idea of like a basic idea of a vampire even though it might not be draining blood but like that sort of vampiric yeah like tax collector yeah human life force draining so they're like they're probably up there because they cross more cultures but right now we just think of the dragons yeah and i wonder well it's actually kind of interesting that Dragons in, in in Chinese fantasy are also the main monster, mm-hmm. but they're not really a monster. I guess I mean, you think of them as mythical beasts, but I guess is a monster a mythical beast? Yeah, mythical beasts are monsters, but not all monsters are mythical beasts. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Monsters so, are a very broad category. I mean, yeah, fair it's enough. It's basically the but, other that's. It's not an animal. That's that's almost how I describe it. Yeah, not necessarily natural. Mm-hmm. Like it's a creature. Yeah, but it's not human, and it's not from this world that we know of. I guess the mundane world you would mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in China, like the dragon is definitely the most highly touted 
animal, but it's kind of weird because we call them dragons, and we call Western dragons dragons, but they're not really the same. And especially classically, classical Western dragons are just giant fire-breathing lizards with wings. Mm-hmm. Where that, whereas Chinese dragons are, I guess they're giant, scaly, like amalgamated mythical beings that breathe water and live in the water. Mm-hmm. So like you know, basically control storms, right? And so and they fly. They have no wings, but they can still fly. Mm-hmm. Like, is that really the same creature? I guess they both have scales and claws. But their faces do not look anything alike. Mm-hmm. Their powers don't look anything like. And Chinese dragons are more similar to the modern conception of the Western dragon, where they're super intelligent. Right? Like, Chinese mm, dragons yeah. are, like, mythic. Like, you could think of them as, like, I don't know, demigod-like beings. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, which is what they are now in, like, modern Western like a general conceptions of dragons, like it basically because of smog, I guess. Well, just I don't like think we, classical view of dragon was like that. Yeah, well, just like we said, there's vampires and then other there's other forms of vampires in many cultures. They're just like draining souls, but they don't operate like they aren't the blood sucking people converting mm-hmm. things all the time. But they, it's kind of like a broad category that. Yeah, those dragons. I'm just all saying that to. Western fantasy dragon is. Like if if a if a Chinese dragon showed up in a Western fantasy world, like it's not the same creature. No, our, Do you know what I mean? Hey, our dragons are they behave like animals would behave. You're like, no, no, this behavior is just like like an animal would behave if it had all yeah. those powers. If an animal could breathe fire and fly and was huge, it would just behave like a dragon. Yeah. I guess a wyvern basically is like a dragon, except it doesn't have four legs but then but a wyvern has four limbs right it has two wings and two legs a dragon mm-hmm. a western dragon has six limbs two wings four legs mm-hmm. an eastern like chinese dragon has four legs so are they actually aren't they actually more like wyverns than dragons yeah for the purpose of this i don't know if we have to break <laughs> things down to wyvern dragon <laughs> distinctions i don't think that's what we're going after today <laughs> okay uh, I don't know. I, I just I was just thinking about that. I'm like, actually, in D and D, the dragons are more like because they're super intelligent, super powerful. They grow up to basically be demigods, right? Um, yeah. Besides the fact that they're evil and they're generally evil, although they're not always evil. There's like good dragons in D and D and bad dragons, right? But the good dragons are like actually very similar, I guess, to uh, dragons in uh, you know Eastern dragons. Besides the fact that they have wings. And they have a more like crocodile face, mm-hmm. right? Besides that, like they're actually a lot similar to like Eastern dragons. Essentially, I, I just never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at all these other media, like How to Train Your Dragon, the dragons are not super smart. Oh yeah, even they're like, like King, animals, they're like dogs. Yeah, yeah, King the myth with King George and the dragon. The dragon is just yeah. like dog-like. Yeah, exactly. It's more like, like just a wild animal. And then the Song of Ice and Fire, they're again wild animals, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it's almost like D&D is special, now that I think about it. Well, actually, not D&D is special, because Lord of the Rings, what am I thinking? Lord of the Rings and D&D. <laughs> uh, apparently, the, the the myth of the dragon doesn't come, is one of those things, although our modern conception of elf is um, definitely from Lord of the Rings, um, and we talked about that in a previous podcast, our modern conception of dragon is almost like, is not really, right? Because... Like we just said, D and D and uh, D and D and and Lord of the Rings have a similar type of dragon, but mm-hmm. most of the other dragons are not. When I think about the other other myths, well, other stories and stuff. Well, oddly, like we wouldn't usually call elves monsters, but then you're like orcs. Oh yeah, orcs are monsters. Be like both humanoid, but just because the orcs are more disagreeable and they don't communicate as well, they become monsters. They're not pretty. So one yeah. of the things about an elf mm-hmm. is that in their thing, in their, it really comes down to how much you want to have sex with them. So mm-hmm. the elf conception is that they're supposed to be, have an otherworldly beauty. Uh, so you want to have sex with them. So they, they can't be monsters. You don't have want to have sex with monsters. Mm-hmm. Whereas at least, monster. at least for us as like, you know, men. I don't know. There's like the there's 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 definitely this thing. There's this. I guess it's not just actually. There's probably for men too. Like there is a subculture where where you know you you fall in love with a beast kind of thing. There's actually. Oh, you're going back to vampires, it, but a, there's an actual let the actual story that's very popular, Beauty and the Beast, where. If you are looking at that from the male perspective, mm-hmm. you are a beast. You, like you relate to the beast, right? From mm-hmm. the male perspective, this has nothing to do with miniatures. Well, because but, yeah, well, he was a but, guy who fucked up. He's and got a guy. Turned, he exactly. became a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's a guy, and so he's a monster. And then you see yourself as the beast that you know has this beautiful person who then comes to fall in love with you, despite the fact that you're a beast. But if you were to t- take it from the female perspective, like if you're a little girl reading this story, you relate to beauty. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know, it's a little bit conceited. Like she's supposed to be amazing and beautiful. But okay, sure. So you relate to beauty, and then you end up having to basically tame the beast mm-hmm. and turn him into a prince. I don't know. This is definitely some some deep psychology stuff that uh, well, yeah. I am not knowledgeable enough to really talk about. But no, we we didn't prep for any of this actually. But anyway, but but on on that same Gender line of thinking though, beast loving. On that same line of thinking though, when you think of sexy vampires, uh-huh. you don't usually think of sexy female vampires. You're like, no, the sex. You from where? What? Who's the sexy vampire lady? Like from any show? There's like from Dust Till Dawn. That's true, but the I just think that's Selma. I just think that's Selma vampire. Like, you just forget that she's a vampire. That's how <laughs> she's too sexy. It's like, oh yeah, she's a vampire. Point. That's the entire point. Is that this has definitely become some sort of gender? We, we should definitely go ask, you know, a gender studies professor or something to understand this. Like, there are sexy female vampires, but you don't fall in love with them. Because mm-hmm. there's some sort of animalistic, carnal kind of thing that's happening where you just like, you know, you you basically you have sex with with the sexy vampire, and then you're like, ah, 
they were sexy enough that I don't care if I lived or died. But you're mm-hmm. not thinking about settling down with the sexy vampire that is you know this close to killing you every single second. It's your praying mantis brain that's activated, <laughs> right? Exactly. exactly. You're like, ah. But the praying mantis is hot. So. Well, then you think of like Blade as being sexy vampire, or like uh-huh. the rich counts being a sexy vampire, or like the sparkly vampire supposedly being sexy because uh-huh. he has good hair. You're like, oh yeah, they're sexy guy vampires, but you don't really like. Or media doesn't even push there being the sexy lady vampires that much. There's definitely a gen- some sort of gender studies thing that we are that we don't understand that is definitely mm-hmm. happening there about like why mm-hmm. is the sexy vampire like become a person like the sexy male vampire becomes a person that you like you know are willing to rehabilitate and do whatever but when it's a sexy female vampire you know you just hit that and get out and then hope you don't die. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely you know a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff there. Uh huh. We're not we're not prepared. Not for that. exactly. <laughs> not a topic of the day. It might keep coming up, but anyhow. Definitely. I guess I guess fantasy monsters is too big of a topic. Let's let's try and get it down to 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 hone it down back into miniatures. Lots of going. Yeah, yeah. So other miniatures, ghosts, I said, spirits. Ghosts. That's true. Ghost is a classic. Mm-hmm. Like Casper, friendly ghost. It's yeah. not a classic ghost. I don't even know children know no Casper. So Slimer. Slimer. More kids might know Slimer because there's that like new crappy movies. Yeah. I could have watched the new one, but I didn't. Okay, to be fair, I never watched the new ones, but I just assumed they're crappy because I don't believe in sequels. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so there's there's those. There's also because uh, those are course, completely they're completely incorporeal, so they're very different than a lot of the other monsters. Like nope, yeah, they're, and they're definitely monsters. Mm-hmm. And then there are, I guess, the other classic ones are like giant monstrous men, like ogres and giants. I said giant twice. One in the, one in the what do you call it? adjective and one as as the noun Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah ogres giants what's the other one trolls yeah it's almost like ogres or trolls are definitely the same kind of group of monster yeah it's almost like the whole gigantism of anything makes it a monster like a big lizard that's a dragon a big person it's not a human anymore that's a giant or it's like a and deserves to be feared and killed if possible overcome and murdered by a hero if they're ugly, they're a troll and they're big. <laughs> yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, to be fair, ugly is also makes you a monster because witches, for I guess the witches are no longer monsters. But for a long time, a witch is supposed to be a human, and people thought humans were witches. But like our conception of a witch is like an ugly hag, right? Mm-hmm. And that that it becomes a monster. Which um, are not quite monsters. They're getting there, but not quite. I guess that's true. They can transform. Um, so that kind of they kind of those giants and trolls almost fall into the category of like humanoid monsters, where you've mm-hmm. got like things like centaurs or harpies that are like partially human. But you're like, half yeah, there was man half other thing. Yeah, but you're like it was never it didn't come from a human. Like a vampire can make a human into mm-hmm. a vampire. Like no, they're the lines of centaurs keep reproducing, so they're their own things. Yes. 
Are you sure centers didn't happen when a horse and a man really loved them, loved each other? Yeah, but they weren't like a donkey because their line can keep going. So that's true. It's probably because like I don't know what the myth are myths are. are were centers supposed to be like an actual being, or was it like like the Minotaur where just like a god came just down poof. as a horse, as a sexy horse, and seduced a human, and then. A centaur cape popped out. Maybe it does work that way. I don't, I don't know how centaurs actually. Work. <laughs> That's have... what happened with the the minotaur. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if like the minotaur was actually real? Not not. I don't mean like the myths are real and it was actual god. But I'm just like if there was a if there was some reality to the minotaur myth, and it was just like a deformed person that they locked into uh locked into like the basement. And uh, the the king was like, I'm not taking responsibility for this person with this like giant disability. I'm gonna say you had sex with someone else. But then mm-hmm. the queen was like, How dare you? So he's like, Well, it was you know you, we saw to maintain the relationship. You're like, Well, it was okay because you actually had like you know you had sex with a, a cow. That's really insulting. But it's okay because actually it was Zeus. So mm-hmm. you know like that's. Fine. I was actually giving you a compliment. I wasn't calling you terrible names. Just wondering. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, so we have these giant monsters, right? So and, so to me, when when you look at this, um, uh-huh. yeah. You want to keep going on about the giant stuff? No, I wanted to. I so was just wondering what? about kind of wrapping something there's... around all of these kind of fantasy. There's one more monster I want to drop, which okay, is less sure. popular. It's basically drop just it. animal combinations. Oh, that's what like, we're talking about, centaurs. Well, centaurs will come out with humans. I'm talking about animal-animal combos. Oh, okay, sure. I guess you have so, a previous con- con- uh, a previous conception, right? Like, I have a more modern conception where humans are just animals, but okay, mm-hmm. sure. Well, the dragon almost falls into that category of, like, animal-animal combo. It's like, oh, you that's combined true. a bat with a thing and a snake. And that's true, it go. is a bat. It's a bat with a lizard and a snake. Yeah. It's funny that you combine you have to combine a lizard and a snake to make a dragon. Yeah, and like the like scales. It's mm-hmm. definitely not. It's not a Komodo dragon with wings. Nope. It's definitely you added some snake in there. Yeah. And like a minute. bird. You add bird into there. They have those weird head frills. I guess that's well, just like a certain type of lizard. I don't well, know. the minotaur is a combination of bird and lion what? and some other stuff. You mean Chimera? Oh, no, no, no. Manticore, you mean. Manticore, there we go. Yeah, wrong end. Yeah, Mantic- Manticore... Or does it have a human face? Manticore... Doesn't it have, like, an old man's face? It might have an old man's face on a lion body with bird wings. A lion body... It might have... Its, it's hands might be different, and its tail might be different. Mm-hmm. But there's multiple the, animals going no, no, on. The chimera is the one with the snake as a tail, right? It has the head of a snake as a tail, a goat head, a lion head, and some other head. That's mm-hmm. the mandic- That's the chimera, right? Maybe. Or like, or like a wendigo where you're like, I don't even know which animals these are. It's just like... It's definite. <laughs> the wendigo... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that much about a wendigo. Besides the fact that it has a cool name. Uh, yeah, that's Anyhow. true. There's actually a lot of them. Even modern, like more modern kind of monsters, like a jackalope, which is like definitely in the past couple hundred years, right? And where people have invented them. 
I think I think they're past couple hundred years, right? A lot of these other ones are literally just smashing together different animals, like like Man Bear Pig from South Park. Yeah, exactly. Like if Man Bear Pig, if that story continues on, like in fifty years, it could become an actual thing. Yeah, half man, half bear, mm-hmm. half pig. Yeah, but just thinking of like the general thing that ties together all of those like fantasy monsters, it's very animal based like animals that people would have interacted with possibly more or just have heard of in like ancient times. Mm-hmm. Cause people had their head wrapped around that. Those were kind of like yeah. the dangerous things in their environment. So yeah. they basically manipulated Myths and those. legends of things that are around that have been built up over time. Yeah. And the people have like a conception of, it's not completely yeah. like you didn't have to look at a picture to understand it. You're like, okay, well you probably did. Cause people back then wouldn't have had zoos, but yeah, definitely. I, I feel like it's definitely built up from, you know, like you said, like different fears of creatures and monsters that have been passed down from myth and myths and stories and things like that and grow ever more monstrous by the tale. Right. Yeah. And so, like, it might start off being like, oh, I stepped over this this thing and this this uh, scaly, tall, scaly, uh, scaly stick, long like stick with with fangs hissed at me and then it bit bob and bob died and then mm-hmm. every tailing and then it had giant claws and it was 10 10 feet or no it, actually they could be 10 feet tall but not the ones that are poisonous but it was like you know when it when it 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 got up on its hunches it was like 100 feet tall or something like that mm-hmm. and it just gets bigger and bigger and then it becomes a dragon and it also had wings because everyone thinks that wings are scarier for some reason mm-hmm. and it had the claws of an eagle yeah and they're like, oh, that's not that scary. I killed an eagle before. They're not that big of a deal. Well, did your eagle breathe fire? And then that's what that's, <laughs> you know, they get bigger and bigger until they become a dragon. So, like, I think there's definitely that kind of, you know, myth and legend that has to happen with, with those monsters, right? And if it didn't At relate least, to things in people's world, they wouldn't care about them, it wouldn't catch. Yeah, and and... Yeah, I, I think so. Um, just like if, yep. Just like if South Park didn't do episodes about celebrities, nobody would wouldn't catch. I don't quite get that. Never mind. <laughs> okay. It's myths for our time. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so I think when you look at you know a lot of the modern monsters, like what is a monster? Like I guess zombies are, are modern monsters. Do we do we right? want to get into modern quickly? Or? Uh, we we actually said sci-fi versus fantasy. You want to just skip over modern? There's a mm-hmm. lot of like stuff that's happening in modern stuff, right? As opposed to like fantasy ancient monsters, right? I think the entire fantasy thing is backwards looking as well in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that probably also informs the type of monsters that are in there. Um, when we look at though, I guess on the flip side, uh, on the other the other monster grouping we're talking about, sci-fi monsters. What makes a sci-fi monster? What are actually sorry? What's a popular sci-fi monster, Brandon? Oh, let's go for robots. Just robot robots, army. exactly. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's what I had here. I think I had giant robot, but no, just robot to, actually. Doesn't have right. to be giant. Like you got yeah, the Terminator. Yeah, right. It's human size, right. but it's just like I did have dragon as the quintessential fantasy one, and robot as the quintessential future one. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Yep, go on. Explain to me what a robot is, the kind of general concept. 
well, it's a thing that's not like born. It's just a thing that's been made. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to think what else. They're basically they they can be more. They're usually less sentient than humans when we think of a robot. Like mm-hmm. they're normally like sent out to Does do a task, and they can't be. Yep, they can't be. They can't error, be reasoned with. Error, error, error. Kill all reprogramming or rerouting, uh, route. Calculating, calculating, new prime directive, kill destroy, all destroy. humans. Destroy, destroy, kill all humans. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what goes through robots' heads. <laughs> as, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's that those damn programmers, they put that in as a joke. They're like, ah, whatever, what's the big deal? The, the, the code will never get to here. So mm-hmm. it's not a big deal to put kill all humans as the prime directive as a joke. Yeah. Yeah, don't expect those buds. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Yep. No, no, it's, it's jumping ahead if I do. Anyways. All right. The other big sci-fi or sci-fi monsters, obviously, aliens. Cool. Yep. They're often very insect-like. Mm-hmm. Like when you think of how they they look, you think of aliens, the movie. You think of 40K and what look they went with with that. You got the nit- yeah. Tyranids. Think of like Ender's Game, Dune. Mm-hmm. They all go like. You got worms. Even yeah, in Star definitely. Wars, you've got the sandworms. So, like, they I think go. There's basically, yeah, go on. They go in the insect direction. You have any thoughts about why? I've got a few, but they're not fully fleshed out. They're gross and alien. They have almost the same kind of conception as we're talking about uh, in the fantasy, where you know, basically, the human mind can't really uh, dredge up things out of nowhere. So they mm-hmm. basically, you know, you think about the most weird, different living obviously living kind of creature uh that we see that is most alien to us most different right alien different right it's insects and the idea of an insect except giant and super intelligent is very very alien because the small insects are like totally alien in how they work and act and they're also very scary so yeah, you think of mammals like you can kind of understand a mammal's motivations you can mm-hmm. sort of train them or they can train you so you have you're able to communicate on some level and understand them but with insects you're like it just goes random directions like what you, yeah. you can't understand its motivations for and they have so many eyes it's kind of gross and you can't even perceive how they see you're like what what are they even yeah. seeing like with a dozen a compound eye yeah. like. and then when you read about how they actually work where they have a proboscis that like dissolves the food with like little acid so they dissolve the food like outside so they can suck it up it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know why mosquitoes have to eat humans to reproduce. It makes no sense to me, but okay. Because they're It's not like they imprint the impregnate like they don't put the eggs inside of you. Thank God. They just like liquid they like the most they they like the most powerful of food and it's blood. They want Apparently. The it's just weird that they're like liter- literally made to suck up blood, but only for reproduction they don't mm-hmm. do that to eat normally which is and so the males weird. and the males don't do it either yeah yeah they exactly because they only need it for yeah uh yeah so it's like it's just so alien and, and if you grow it up it's like horrific right to think about like when you think about that what's that sci-fi movie the fly it's a man fly mm-hmm. right it's just gross and disgusting yeah and it's so like that like that could have been a past monster but it's sci-fi because it's an insect, and they use technology to make it happen. Yeah. Or like, could 
people could have combined them in the past, but they just didn't choose in the past to usually combine insects. Yeah, and then there's the other thing, I guess, that's very alien that is, is common, and it's also, excuse me, similar to insects, uh, crustaceans mm-hmm. and octopuses. So, like, things from under the sea. The crustaceans, the crab, the, the things, that they're basically, to us, these exoskeleton creatures are very, very similar. So mm-hmm. we kind of combine them together and, you know, like, you might have an insect-looking thing like a tyranid, but is a tyranid like based on a insect or based on a lobster or a crab? I'd argue they're based on both, right? Yeah, they're all kind of combined together and mashed together and stuff. Yep. So it's um, not as obvious. Yep. And then you have the, and I, I think when you think about like the most famous kind of modern alien. You know, the alien, Xenomorph. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the alien from Alien, the Xenomorph. Uh, it's, although it's definitely, you know, mutated and different from anything that's actually there. Like, Guy, is it Geiger? Is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know, I haven't watched that in decades. No, 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 not, not the director, the actual artist who originally know. made it. So Geiger, like... It is an exoskeleton thing, right? He's taking that kind of exoskeleton creature and then he combined it with a human, right? Mm -hmm. And made some weird kind of monstrous thing in between, right? And then the mouth inside the mouth is definitely from like insects or or crabs, or, you know, they have all these feelers and stuff like that. Ugh, they're gross just thinking about them, but delicious. You're talking about crabs, not insects. You're thinking of Zoidberg? What? Zoidberg is, I think, an octopus-like creature, right? Is mm-hmm. it, or is he supposed to be a crab? Oh, he is a crab. Yeah, he's I don't, awesome stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you call it, like, I guess we're talking about monsters. So if you think of, like, Star Trek. Yeah, I should have, yep. And there being, like, hum, other forms of humanoids, I guess those are not monsters because they're, they're sufficiently human, so they're just And you interact humanoids. with them as a human. You don't interact mm-hmm. with them as a monster, right? Yeah. I think, as we said before, like, that's what diff- it's basically how much you want to have sex with it. If you want to have sex with it, then it's it's not a monster anymore. Mm-hmm. So if there are a sexy green alien that is basically just a sexy human that's green, like that's not really a monster. But once they have Zoidberg mouth, it's getting close to a monster. <laughs> that's a monster for sure. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why I always get shit. Uh, yeah. So. Um, that's yeah, aliens. So, so I guess there's one last category that fits into the uh-huh. the sci-fi monsters. Yeah. Is I would say AI is often a is that monster. not robots? No, so AI I see more as like having less of a like physical form. Okay. So it's more like non-physical or it moves around between things rather than just being like a set of like individual Robots, AIs, more like it's I feel just, like that's 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 basically robots. Okay. I'd lump those together. Mm-hmm. Or, so here's the thing: if the AI is scary, it's not scary. It's not a monster until it becomes a robot that can come out and kill you with its robot arms. Or, it's just a super mind that is so brilliant. That you might want to have sex with it, in which case it becomes human. So. That that's, might happen in some shows. I can't, I can't think of which ones. 
where people put AIs in. Oh no, there's there's yeah. shows out there where people create eyes and they stick them in human bodies. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Yep. But yeah. they start off as AIs, which is different than a robot. Like the robot just has like certain programming. The AI can, is more it has essential. A robot. a robot is just like the, the it switches between a monster and like a sexy robot is how much one. How, <laughs> yeah, basically uh, how sexy the robot body it's in is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what makes things AIs versus robots. <laughs> Yeah, a monster versus not. I'm telling you, that's how you differentiate. If, if, you're, if you're, it's on the fence, it's it, how much you want to have sex with it. Yeah, but that's why you that, think of us moving around why, between things. That's why. What's that that famous movie that that what movie that won the Oscar for Guillermo del Toro about like a girl who falls in love and has sex with a uh, a fish fishman? Yeah, I didn't watch that. But something it's like Sex in the Water or something like that. Sounds right. I'm pretty sure it's not sex in the water, but <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that monster, that, he's not a monster. Like, like you people don't want to have sex with monsters. That's basically what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Except for, like we said, maybe the vampire thing. Where <laughs> you, you, you're the praying mantis thing. But in general, people don't want to have sex with monsters. So as soon as they, they, they you know, you, I guess sex is the, the, the crude way. I guess you could say fall in love enough to have sex with them. So, yeah. All right. So. Let's compare and contrast and then see if we could relate this at all to miniatures. All right. I'm thinking Warhammer, but I don't want to think about Warhammer. That's why. Let's do two things. I want to do two things. So let's do the the comparison between the sci-fi and the fantasy monster. And what is the major differentiating factors? Um, And then I want to call out one extra monster that I think we haven't mentioned, but that's become quite popular in recent days. And how it doesn't... It's a little bit of a modern monster, but it also fits kind of in everywhere. And then I want to go and see how they're translated into miniatures. So first things first, and we've been talking for a while, so let's let's gotta pick things up, gotta mm-hmm. get going a little bit more. So, do you want to talk about it? Or do you want me to go my 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 general uh, theory of mon- sci-fi versus fantasy monsters is? Yeah, let's go for the general theory. Why not? See how it breaks down. All right. So basically, when you think about it, the the monsters in fantasy and science fiction are are kind of like related to the actual um, the actual definitions themselves, right? When you look at fantasy, fantasy is backwards looking, right? And it's about it's definite. It, it plies in the trade of myth and legend and story, right? And so when we look at the monsters, like you said before, they're about like mythical beings, like legends built up over many years, right? And when you look, think about what makes them monstrous, it's that like, like you said, this like fear of, you know, things, fear of of, of things only glimpsed in the past, right? Things think like fear of ancient horrors, basically, right? That yeah, are on well, the edge of civilization that kind of hunt you, right? Well, I think people were just more in tune with like connected to the natural world then, so yeah. it was just on the top of their mind. So their their myths were based around their world, 
just mm-hmm. so yeah so there's like the fear of the hunter their... versus the hunted right mm-hmm. that kind of idea so you think about the monsters they're always these hunting monsters that kind of look and they want to eat you or do all this kind of stuff right mm-hmm. um but it's definitely forged in this kind of mythical past and that is because you're you're in fantasy which is all about the mythical past right and those kind of, like you said, these like more naturalistic fears and human experiences. Mm-hmm. When you look at science fiction monsters, uh, this is forward-looking, right? It's science fiction. Science fiction looks into the future. And for the things that are monstrous and scary, there are fear of the unknown, the things that we do not know yet, that we have never seen, right? That are new and terrible, right? That is the science fiction kind of... Uh, you know, that that ties directly into the kind of fears that we have with looking forward into the future. And like you said, because in modern day, we are so, um, our civilizations are so compact, right? And I don't like saying that they're more like, more, like, I don't know, more, I guess you could say out of tune with nature, but you know, nature is whatever's outside. But like the idea of like, we live in these kind of cities in these insulated things that we have built for ourselves, right? That's why the robots, this great fear is like creating something that, you know, that you you don't understand and that mm-hmm. kind of supersedes you and replaces you. And because we've taken over the entire world, it's no longer this monster in that land, like down the street, right? where we've never explored before, which is the fantasy thing, where the world is unexplored. With, For us, we have instead fears about what happens if our civilization breaks apart because of something we've created. Like you said, the AI, the robots, right? That kind of rise up out of this like future unknown kind of thing. And well, I guess there's the two things. You have the unknown for the aliens and then this, you know, this, this civilization ending threat, right? In science fiction. Right, because that is where we are in our stories. That's the things that we fear, and that's what the things we think we will fear in the future. Yeah, and we've sort of created more mass systems that we like interact with all the time, where mm-hmm. rather than just like okay, in historic times you interact with the animals on your property, you interact with people in your community. Now in current times, and just how we look forward to future times, you interact with like corporations. And like mass-produced oh, devices, so that like point. what the you're interested. The greatest monster is man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, that's capitalism, but yes, uh, for corporations, but, but uh, things things that are acting like mass systems where we have our phones. And you're like, I don't know, the phones just interact with massive amounts of things out there that I don't understand, or you just have like banking systems with things moving all around that you can't see. Unlike having like tangible, like all you have are like pieces of silver back That's, in old yeah. times. So you're just interacting with these things that are on mass scales that you don't understand and mm-hmm. just like automated things. So like the robots come out of that. You're like, yeah, yeah, we interact with like automated devices all the time. Like you drive your car, it does things and has things pop up. They're like, I don't know what it's doing. But if you turn that into some sort of evil thing, it'd be like, it turns into a transformer, but it's one of the, it's not Optimus Prime. It's, it's the Decepticons. Yes, it turns into a Decepticon. Like you never knew it was a Decepticon. Or just thinking yeah. of like, thinking of the other way of like the the animalistic versions of sci-fi aliens that are all like insects Mm -hmm. insects like you think of how an insect operates it operates more in a colony so it's operating on this mass scale it's more about how the Mm -hmm. whole colony is operating which goes beyond how you understand just like how these things 
like in the future you expect you're interacting with all these humans like, working together for the common good ridiculous <laughs> how does that work I don't, I don't know how that would ever work it's scary i don't know, I know. what happens if it's better than the way we do things oh my gosh that's horrific we yeah. must kill it with capitalism we'll it's both the them. greatest monster and also our greatest hero that's, we'll that's the them. paradox of modern modern uh, civilization we'll hive and destroy it yeah we just go to their hive and destroy it clearly if they're yes. operating that well in sync totally inhuman <laughs> Where they can I, speak into each other's minds, or they as they are as one and take care of each other. Disgusting. Yeah, Ender was no. right to kill their whole civilization. <laughs> Ender did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. The only thing he did wrong was feel guilty afterwards. Yeah, and make a sequel about it. Uh, uh, did you read the sequel? No. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Of course not. Actually, I I didn't read the sequel either because I didn't see how it could be better exactly for what you're talking about. Like, going back and talking about things, I I just couldn't see where he could have brought the story to make it better. Yeah. So. Yeah, we should see conclusion. So, that's... No, yeah, it's true. I think think you're right that, like, when you look at them, look look at, you know, look at the the genre – and look at where they look, and and they basically the monsters are the horrors that they see there, right? So when you look at fantasy, you're going back into the past. So like you said, you're 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 yearning for a past and a way we we used to live and an understanding of the world that we used to have, right? Where magic is real because you don't understand, you know, the world, so things are magic, right? And that's the mm-hmm. kind of like thing that we're harkening back to in fantasy, right? That like that idea of humans concept of how they see the world in in modern day you have the same thing but it'll be modern horrors and then in sci-fi it's when we look forward into the into what could be horrific to us our our concept of what will be horrific in the future right Mm -hmm. and i think that's why i think the modern horror that everyone is caught up with in is i think you're right like the ai like things that we create that destroy us right whereas i think if you looked at it you know 50 years ago it was like aliens from another world right but to us we don't really think of that as nearly as horrific because that's not the horrors that we are being confronted. That that's not the horrors that we think we'll be, we will be confronting in the future. Well, that's why I wanted to say AI might be a category distinct from robots, because AI are kind of like the ghosts of our era, where they may not ever have like a, a physical embodiment, but they they may still come they to haunt you. They take your toaster, and so like whenever you try to make toast, it's always burnt. <laughs> You tell the nest to go to 22 <laughs> degrees, but it always goes back to 19. Oh, <laughs> In the winter. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Having to deal with a smart robot that's like, you are wasting energy. I know, God damn it, and I will if I can't damn well choose. It's my mm-hmm. home. It's my thermostat. I'm sorry, but you're... <laughs> yeah. Evil AI. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I think that's basically I think that is a good way of kind of summing up. I think we got to the end in a roundabout way, kind of like the idea of what a monster is. Right. And our definition of monsters um, and and how the monsters reflect the kind of setting where they come from. Right. Mm -hmm. So I guess let's talk about the final thing. We are a miniature gaming podcast. So let's wrap it up and talk about how are these 
monsters translated to the tabletop and why why are certain monsters more common on the tabletop than others? Hmm. I think some just look so much different. Like for having armies, like we've talked about this before, you want to have armies differentiated. Mm-hmm. So like the humanoid monsters don't differentiate quite as much in look. Vampires? Vampires. Like you can have them, but usually in their faction you want to combine them with something else to give the faction a different yeah. look. Just like if you have a bunch of races of humans or all that, if you do something to differentiate them. But if you want to go really far for those people who want something really different looking, you don't go to the vampires and all that. You go further to like. Yeah, look. I think that's definitely true. That the the baseline vampires that operate in modern, like in in previous stories, are more basically humanoid, and so they don't have a a greater presence. They don't look monstrous on the table. But if you have a skeleton knight where you see their skeleton face, that mm-hmm. is far more monstrous. If you have a ghost who has like billowing, weird, ethereal body Monster. that's giant and stuff, giant monstrous limbs, or or like a, a some sort of ghastly thing that's like a, a monstrous humanoid ghost, right? Like, but that has inhuman proportions. That it has a presence on the table that will stand out from your, you know line infantry and especially from your human forces right and so that's why they end up being far more common and i think the dragon is the same kind of way like do you remember looking in the like when we were 12 and looking into the gw little advertisement and seeing all the different models Mm -hmm. and then you saw the model of the for me it's the forest dragon do you remember that pamphlet I only remember was, the red one. It was green and yellow. I remember a red one. Which one was one, the but... one that... Red one? So there was... The, the big green one was the orc one. I don't even remember a red one. It would have to be from fantasy. I don't know. I don't yeah. know fantasy, though, so I don't... I can't reference it. I know. It. I'm literally talking so about that one fantasy. specific... I, I think I still have it at my parents' place. If I go there, I will freaking dredge that up and i'd be like this is the dragon i'm talking about but anyways there's dragons there that were showcase models and a dragon is that kind of mythical giant beast that that instantly everyone recognizes and i think that's why it's so popular on the table right because if you create a giant monstrous being that's like a more that's more based on being let's say a giant bear right it doesn't have the cultural cachet of a dragon even if Design-wise, this is like a fictional bear, right? Design-wise, the bear... Let's say you combine a bear with a... Owl. An owl. That's a good point. Uh, To be fair, like... But but you make a giant, and then you add, I don't know, like... Giant bird wings or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Is it going to stand out as much? Not really, because it's totally... Even though those, those combinations are known like those conversations make sense right and the the look might be great it doesn't have the historical precedent and so it doesn't have that legendary feeling that a dragon does right because like you're talking about fantasy you're looking at the past you're looking at these built up of legends right so when you have a if you have a totally new monster it has to build up that legendary status by having people experience it whereas the dragon because it's so so ingrained in our culture and our stories and our fantasy stories it's immediately recognizable 
Yeah, I'm just almost thinking of Infinity with like the tags because tags are really recognizable in Infinity. But it's like we're a real, we're like a really distinct tag. And it's like, oh, they put tails on the really distinct tags, even though they're a robot in Infinity. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like they're basically a, you have to make them dragon-like to get them really noticed. It's sort of interesting mm. thinking of that. That's now. true. A lot of the the ones that people like the most are the ones with tails. But they're they're very distinct because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely a, a you know that that cultural impact definitely matters. That's also why branding and branding works and stuff like that. But like that's a, that's it's a tale for another day. But yeah. So so to me, I feel like that that's why dragons hit so hard, right? And that's why they're so popular, right? And they're obviously not too hard. They were probably harder to do before, but because they're so big, even though they have windy bodies, right, and windy necks, they're a lot easier to do. They're well, a lot easier to do because they're giant, right? So that they're sturdy enough, right? Mm-hmm. And then nowadays, our our materials are so much better than they were when we started out, when everything had to be metal. So they had to be a certain size to have those kind of proportions, right? Those thin relative to their body proportions. You had to be quite a had to have quite a large size for it to kind of work. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I think you know that's why we have dragons. I do like. The new, I guess, in GW, they do some actually really awesome um, giant beasts, right? That's that like giant. They're they're all ca- basically cartoony, but they have a whole bunch of giant beasts. I do like their new orc dragon. Uh, I guess it was supposed to be a wyvern, the, but their new orc dragon is super awesome because it's basically just a giant ripped dragon. So normally dragons are snake-like. This yep. dragon is like a bodybuilder, like with giant wings and a tail. Like it's so ripped. It's like arms are huge. It can definitely not fly because it's like it has the wing portion. But I'm like, your body is way too heavy to be able to fly. Like the arms are like the same size as the gorilla arms. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's basically like a gorilla. Oh, it's, it's great. It looks awesome. So that's a, a gorilla mixed with a lizard and a bat. Mm-hmm. A snake, lizard, and bat is pretty awesome. Um, and then there also is some, you know, like you said before, giant animals are definitely kind of popular. Yeah, like that thing they made a giant, so it became even more monstrous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was uh, there's one that's quite popular is um, the new Alarial uh, in GW. Uh, she's the wood elf. There's no wood elves anymore. It's the the forest people, because now the forest people are are wood are are uh, tree people mm-hmm. instead of elves, right? That's the main line in tree is dryads and stuff like that, which are, wo- are tree people. And Alarial is like the queen, and she rides a giant stag beetle. Sure. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So... Yeah, usually they do that when they put an Egyptian theme in, but you don't yeah, have to. Yeah, that's true. Stag beetles are just generally cool, I guess. Uh mm-hmm. I guess the Egyptian one, they had sphinxes and stuff like that, which are kind of cool. Again, you know, they have the the cultural cachet of monsters from our our, our collective consciousness that are quite popular. Basically, yeah, things that you can actually create and things like we talked about from the monster groups that we, we've taken, but that stand out and have presence on the table. All right, and then how about... Science fiction. Oh, for the most obvious ones? It's the, Obviously robots. We literally just yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. the robots. That was the first thing we mentioned. You think of all the sci-fi games. You yeah. have your 
even even though you think of like Star Wars, where you've got your stormtroopers, the next most common thing is the droids. That you think of after that for like the mass I enemies. Don't. I don't oh. know what you're talking about. There's no droid. Oh, droids like you know C3PO and R2D2. Mm-hmm. They're not monstrous. They're because you want to have sex with them. <laughs> okay, I didn't think that was coming, but. I, I, was, I, I was saying, sorry, I, I I should have had a greater pause. I like they're not monsters. Uh-huh. And then, because I yeah, was 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 R two D two sexy? I don't know. He was the greatest hero of the Empire. He was but, a pretty big character in the Clone War. Pretty big hero in the Clone Wars. Yep. As well. Mhm. No, I was just talking about the original trilogy because everything else is just is uh, fan fiction to me. Uh, but like. All the things he does, he saves the heroes so many times. If you were, like, to do a count of how many times one of the heroes saved another, I feel like R2-D2 definitely saved the most people. Most of the heroes the most times. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways. Um, yeah, so... Besides those, though, though you have the the evil droids, right? From the from the um, fan fiction, uh, uh, Phantom Menace and stuff, mm-hmm. which were definitely. <laughs> I don't know, man. Those those robots were not intimidating at all. Did you see that even those robots kill anyone? The ones with like beak heads. Yeah, the beak heads. Hey, even watch the Clone Wars; they don't really kill people. Well, they do, <laughs> You've but been in the Clone Wars? Usually they don't still. Okay. They just get knocked uh, over. <laughs> That's fair. They're literally just like, you know, like, they're just the uh, original, I guess, toys uh, of a of the galaxy a long time ago in a, sorry, in a galaxy far, far away. Um, yeah, so I was still thinking more about, like, Terminators, right? So the the most common thing I guess with the robots is like to me is basically translated from our two cultural touch, touchstones, right? Alien and Terminator. Like you yeah. have the Necrons and then you have the Tyranids, right? And those were both taken from those movies, right? In GW. And even if you have like other other creatures like other science fiction monsters, I feel like all of them pay some sort of debt to those monsters just because of how much of an impact those two monsters made on again the cultural kind of zeitgeist right yeah it's almost more like just the themes you see in sci-fi it's almost more horror oriented i'm not sure why but when you think of like fantasy monsters it's Mm -hmm. more like you think of more like battles out in the open clear just like power struggles but when you get Uh to sci-fi you'll often see more of a theme of just horror thinking of those like monsters stalking you yeah I wonder if that comes I, – I guess that's not a – I think that actually does come from those two movies. I think because those are such cultural touchstones and because mm-hmm. we are also on the brink of, like, civilizational collapse, horror is on the mind of everyone. Yeah, like, right? we still have Star Wars out there, and Star Wars was not about – like, it has yeah. the robots it as has, the yeah. opposing force. Giant monsters as well, giant mm-hmm. aliens, right? The, uh, the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. And then the horror of how badly Boba Fett fights and what a chump he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
you also though have Doctor Who, right? Again, I think this probably relates to the the cultural ideas of of where we are now versus where we were before. Like if you look at the 50s, the the 60s, right? The stories that came out of that, the atomic age kind of stories like Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. monsters and the future was something that was, you know, could be exciting and hard but that could be overcome, right? And so you have monsters that are maybe a little bit more silly, maybe a little bit more fun that you can kind of, you know, like defeat through perseverance and 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 overcoming. Like but like like Captain Kirk picking up styrofoam rocks and throwing it at aliens, and aliens <laughs> picking up the styrofoam rock and throwing it back at him. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly, right? You have the lizard man alien kind of thing. Um, I guess you still had things like the Day of the Earth stood still, but like um, – I feel like because we have a lot of there's a lot of anxiety and fear of where we're of the, where the future is going to take us because we see all these things coming to a head right mm-hmm. right now or you have, we have a civilization we have we have some civilizational issues let's say and we are still not sure if we're going to overcome them so there's a lot of fear and, and and horror in our minds and I think that comes out in the kind of science fiction monsters and the way that they're presented to us. There's a, there's right, a fear this. of the unknown, and I guess maybe in the past there was more like horror-based. Like if you were in previous times, like the myths of their times would have possibly mm-hmm. been a bit more horror-based. But, but they were also more willing to be overcome. I feel mm-hmm. like the Atomic Age was so positive as like people were like, oh, we we could do anything. We can, we can directly, split the atom. The future, we, you know, the future looks bright, and you know, the the universe is soon will be our oyster. We can Whereas, directly confront something and then yeah. emerge victorious. Whereas now, yeah, you know, after World War II and everything like that. Yeah, now we're like, even the things that we create are like, to to save us could potentially destroy us, right? And so, so we have all of these like compounding fears and they come out in the kind of monsters that we fight. Things just look like inevitable and, and, and terrifying, right? And, and so we have... Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, are we actually going to beat these robots? Are we actually going to beat these aliens? Maybe they're, like, I don't know, the last one where we just beat up the aliens was, what, Independence Day or something? Even that seems ridiculous from our perspective now. You're like, yeah, of course the little fighter jets will kill it. Like, it's, it's a ridiculous movie. Yeah. It might have been rah rah so, then, but it's just, like, it's silliness now. Well, it was also silly then. It was always silly. But, but it's, like, it's almost, like, before it was silliness that you could accept – now it's like almost too ridiculous for like the suspension of disbelief now is too high because you're like, no, we should definitely just be dead. Yeah. Uh, it's like they have drones. We're screwed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I feel like when you look at how you translate it onto the tabletop, again, um, they are thing that you put them on like things that stand out, right? They have to look alien, right? to the other things or then why are they why are they there right relative to just a human in a spacesuit so that's why like you, you talked about the giant robots right the monstrous beings in, in infinity um are tags right giant although they're humanoid giant obviously not human robots right although technically in the in the fluff they are not actually monstrous per se they're like a guy in a robot suit but when you look at the table that's what they look like right mm-hmm and then so the other monsters, right, the aliens, um, like tyranids and things like that, right? 
they have to have these giant kind of, you know, inhuman kind of things. And I think that's why you don't see a lot of like aliens just with, you know, humanoid alien, like humanoid aliens just with their eyes on the on stocks on, on top of their head, because that doesn't stand out enough relative to the humans. No, you need to have extra limbs. You need to have tails. You need to have different colors. Yeah, different sizes. You know, um, one thing that I did find interesting when you mentioned the fact that Tyranids are based off of, I guess, one is the xenomorph alien, and then two is in general, you know, insects and crustaceans, right? Um, But they don't make them as alien as insects and crustaceans, in my opinion. They're actually more humanoid. They're actually a human mixed with an insect or crustacean. When you look at the eyes of the Tyranids, they have humanoid eyes or mammal-like eyes because, in my opinion, yeah, in my opinion, the actual insect eyes are too gross. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that they would turn off more people. I think by making them more humanoid, even though they're supposed to be super alien. Actual insect monsters are too alien for people to like and buy. You even need their, to make them in some ways more relatable, I guess. <laughs> yeah, even their mouths are kind of humanoid. They're, like, they're yeah. closer to a human's mouth on a tyranid than like an insect's mouth. Yeah, but like even when... Yeah, exactly. They don't have... They don't necessarily... They used to have mouths inside mouths. They don't even have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? They removed that to make them more humanoid. The eyes are more pleasing... By making them humanoid-like eyes, or, or we can say mammalistic eyes, they're actually humanoid eyes, uh, as opposed to the gross insect eyes, to again make them more pleasing for people to buy and collect. And we kind of know this is somewhat true, because anecdotally, Infinity used to have a bunch of aliens that were insectoid and had bug eyes. And those were apparently the least saleable miniatures of their entire line. Mm-hmm. They, they were still bug men, but they were too bug-like. Yep. Yeah, they still had like two arms and two legs usually, but it was still their faces yeah. were pretty, pretty too messed bug-like. up. Yeah, they're too bug-like, and so people don't like that. Imagine if the Tyranids had those little hairs coming out of the uh, the joints. Of their bug bodies. That'd be hard with their plastic technology. I know. Okay. It'd be hard to do, but it would be so gross mm-hmm. that I think it would turn people off. It's almost like too much like a bug now, mm-hmm. right? To have those little hairs and things like there, right? They could just sell static. You could just put static grass on them that's some funky color. If you yeah. want to find that incredibly gross, and you'd wreck your miniature when you handled it. Well, you could. They could do it and just make the the hair extra thick or whatever, right? You're talking about giant monsters, mm-hmm. but but they don't do that. So it, it is interesting that they actually made t- tyranids like prettier, so that people would like them more. Yeah, they kind of have facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anything else about the general future monsters that we want to talk about? No, I think we went into how they kind of break yeah. they break down. Yeah, and I think like we didn't said, compare but, back and forth that much, but I don't know if we have time for that too much. Yeah, when I think about back and forth, it's really just the setting, right? That like the same principles of just making them stand out and be monstrous for 
for the things that are there mm-hmm. uh, still stands, right? It's just that like all of the, the things that make it useful to, to stand out in your army has to still be there. So mm-hmm. I think all of those fit. It's just what is the general setting and what are the monsters in them? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, so let's go. And before we wrap up, I did want to have one final commentary of a modern like monster that is common in that can actually fit in all the different uh, settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is kind of more modern because it was conceived of in modern times, but that is the, and it's actually been kind of popular recently, uh, even in miniatures, and that's the Eldritch Monsters. Oh, I thought you were going to go Cthulhu. back to zombies. No, I don't like zombies. Yeah. That's also true, but I'm going to ignore them. Uh, so, <laughs> so, that's actually true. Everything I said there also applies to zombies. Um, so, zombies and also Lovecraftian monsters. Mm-hmm. So, I think there's some sort of timelessness in the kind of horror that H.P. Uh, Lovecraft explained in these monsters, right? You had these, like, he basically used these adjectives that kind of work for everything. It's like unknown, right? Things that your mind cannot bear, but also ageless and being there since the dawn of time, which kind of fits both in the fantasy-esque world and also in the science fiction kind of thing, right? And he also fits these ideas of like them always being there, but we just don't notice them. Yeah, that kind of goes into the option of the less common interdimensional monsters in Mm sci-fi, but they're, they're less common, so... Yeah, and it's also kind of funny. Again, like, we cannot conceive of things we, we've never seen before. So when they're translated onto the tabletop, they're just octopus monsters. Mm-hmm. It kind of, like, in some ways it's a letdown. At the same time, we don't have enough octopus monsters. So I think they are still really cool and awesome. But they don't have to be eldritch, like, on the tabletop, but that's apparently how we have decided to present them, because octopuses are weird and gross. Although they may, they're generally octopus monsters without eyes, mm-hmm. which makes it more horrific. Like, more yeah. fractal octopus tentacles, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, that's basically the one thing that I actually am kind of enjoying seeing a lot more of. There's also something like a bayaki. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Whenever I talk with... with uh, Justin about it. I always call them Bayakis, but oh. I don't know if that's how you pronounce them. From when you said the call of Cthulhu board or card yes. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so those are like gargoyles. Hmm. I don't know. Apparently they're not. I don't think they're from the original Cthulhu. They're from like extended universe pretenders who are writing in his kind of style. Um, but they've boys. actually become very popular. Sorry? D&D fanboys. Yeah, it's, it's it's like it's the equivalent of uh, episode one, two, and three in Clone Wars to Star Wars. Clone Wars it's is also canon. ran that they add in, and then some people are like, "No, that's totally canon, man." But you know, it wasn't part of the original, and it doesn't stand it doesn't stand the test of time if you are actually without the actual original portion, original canon. I would say Clone Wars does, but not the not the one, two, three. <laughs> I, I did watch a little bit of Clone Wars recently uh, uh, on the boat because uh, mm-hmm. it was a very big boat that I did not drive and there was a lot of us. Um, it was actually pretty good. I was surprised at how violent it was. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, is this a kid's cartoon? Like, my niece was watching it. She's pretty young. But, like, not that young. Depends how far in you got. The first two seasons, it stays pretty tame. It gets gets more dark as it goes. Yeah, the one we watched, I guess spoilers. I don't know. It was a random episode. You just watched a random episode? Okay. I don't know. I was just... Just my niece was watching it, and I, you know, sat down and watched it a little bit. Um, It was – there was, like, a slave planet with slavers. Mm -hmm. And one of the slaves tries to kill the evil slaver, and then uh, Anakin stops the slave from killing her. Mm -hmm. And then the slave – by the Imperium, yeah. And then the slave – so Anakin's trying to, like – you know, the Republic is trying to destroy the slave network, but they're undercover. So he stops the slave from killing the, the head slaver, mm-hmm. and then the slave is like, you'll never – you know, you, I, I refuse to live with you guys anymore, right? Live in this world anymore, and I won't let you capture me again or, or live – and I won't let you enslave me. And so she jumps off the building and kills herself. Mm-hmm. Not like, wow. <laughs> yep. That's that's pretty heavy. I was like, wow, this is like, this is some heavy stuff. It's actually better than this other this other cartoon that I watched, but uh, I actually hate that cartoon, so I don't want to give it the light of day. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't want to mention it, but there's this cartoon with this terrible scene that's disgusting. And it's actually supposed to be a funny adventure show, except that it had the most disgusting, like, mind-wretching scene, uh, death scene, that I have seen almost anywhere. And it's bad, not because the scene was, like, it's supposed to be heart-wrenching, but, like, the scene is not... I don't hate the scene just because it, you know, it worked on me, although it was very gross and, and graphic and disgusting. Um, it's because it was done so badly because it didn't match the rest of the cartoon, which made it terrible. But I don't actually want to mention it because people want to watch bugged. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't want to give them any kind of of uh, uh, any kind of whatever cachet. So. Yeah, that, actually, that just bugged me. I just had to mention it because I literally, like, talked about it for enough to annoy my, you know, the people I was on the cruise with, so. And, and uh, the people who are listening to a sci-fi episode, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sorry, I had to get it off my chest. It was terrible. Um, yeah, so, but there was a monster. That's why I was going oh. to mention it. <laughs> I just couldn't continue because I hate that, that thing. Uh, yeah. So, do we want to say anything else about science fiction monsters or fantasy monsters before we wrap this up? No, I think there was a bunch of directions at the beginning that we could go in that we probably shouldn't, so we'll just leave it there. Yeah, all right. Uh, Yeah, so that is our podcast about science fiction versus fantasy monsters. We went all over the place. Uh, We did mostly not talk about miniatures but we did you know we did have a little bit in the end wrapping things things around about what why they make it onto the tabletop um yeah so if you have any kind of thoughts on that or you want to know about that cartoon i watched why don't you give us a shout um you can uh email us at contact at dice 
Yeah, we def- I definitely won't delete the email before it gets to Alan. And <laughs> Or you can find us on Facebook. We're Dice Over Everything. All right. This has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. Bye.